Holy crap, it's another stellar episode of the Culture Guitars. But more importantly, it's another year of the Culture Guitars. This is episode one. Year two. Year two. Wow. Season two? Year two. Uh, what, do, what do you call that? Like, like, I don't know. I think I think in like terms of podcasts, it's the season. But, we, yeah. but it's, yeah, you know, year two. Episode 53. Indeed. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. I should have picked a better, more handsome partner. But, you well, know, you're joke, still here. Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is All The Way Al. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, I realize now, not going to, I watched a League of Their Own recently. And, you know, the one girl's name was All The Way May. And I realized that me referencing that by saying all the way Al is not coming through at all unless I clarify it. So, man, now that I've you clarified are it, putting out some I, stellar radio. Right shut now. up, season And with me, as ever, is condescending Casper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I own that. Yeah. yeah. You, you, <laughs> that's really mean of you. Uh, and we have a guest. We have a guest. Mr. Add nickname here, Nick Danger. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Nick Danger really needs a nickname. <laughs> From Wonder Effect. How's it going, Nick? It's going really well. Are you uh, you all doing all right up there? Yeah. You know, we're, we live in, like, the paradise end of Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we still don't really have snow. No. It's not even really that cold. No. My uh, lot my, my watch says it's uh, three degrees Celsius, so seven thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Which <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, perfect. That's over math, thirty actually. freedom units for you yeah. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get taxed like the higher the temperature is, and then it just goes to wars. It doesn't even go to healthcare. It's, like, oh. <laughs> it's real messed up. No, in all the years that I've traveled and been just a lot of really wild places i have never been to western canada and i am so sad about it oh man l- l- like western canada so okay alberta saskatchewan and manitoba are the kind of like the prairie center provinces they're part of western canada but they're, they're nowhere near the coast does manitoba ring into the western part yeah of canada, really yeah they're kind of like smacking them they're middle. literally the smack in the middle know, yeah but yeah honestly i think anything west of where i live to anybody around here is Western Canada, yeah. <laughs> like London, so, Ontario, Sarnia, Windsor, and then Thunder Bay, whatever. And then all yeah, of a sudden, it's like Canadian oh, it's think Western. Of that as Western, but I, I get what you I get what you're saying. Mm. Um, <laughs> right? But yeah. yeah those, so the Prairie Provinces are pretty. You know, if you've been through like Wyoming or you know the south south of North Dakota or anything like that, you've kind of experienced the prairies in in a way. Right, um, yeah. But British Columbia, where we are, is like, we're a lot like a mix of California, Oregon, and and uh, Washington. We're very... I would say Washington's probably... Well, we border Washington. We border Washington. Border Washington yeah. So, like, if you've been to the Rockies in Washington, uh, you've probably been somewhere yeah. much like where we live. But, like, the desert that goes through the back of Washington yep. and Oregon and into California is where... Was it, it be- comes up into where we live. It's like Bellingham and Asuyasur. Yeah. 
we, oh, we, man, we that's live, gorgeous. Yeah, the, yeah, so this desert that we are part of technically goes all the way down to like freaking, goes all the way down to freaking Mexico. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, you know, we're quite north. We are in Canada, so it mm-hmm. does like, we do get snow and stuff. And, but we have cactus. <laughs> right, and, right. Yeah, tumbleweeds and things. Yes. You know, so. But yeah, come on. You, you're welcome anytime, Nick. We'll yeah. uh, get a great big recliner couch in the studio that's you can right. crash on. <laughs> that's right. It's a bunch uh, of uh, yeah. bunch of hippies and relaxed people for the most part, mm-hmm, except for mm-hmm. Casper. He's all yeah, condescending tight. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, condescending. Uh, Casper with a K, right? That's right. Yeah, so condescending with a K too. And... Of course, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> that's the way. It's actually my middle it's name. It's more hardcore, though. like yeah. corn with a K. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sounds like a cool like hardcore. That's where my mom got it from. Guy. <laughs> he also puts the R in his name backwards, like corn does. So that oh, isn't that how yeah, R's go? No, you're just oh. dumb, and I never told you. <laughs> in America, they're backwards. I don't know if you guys knew that. Corn <laughs> is just normal to us, but you guys have like. Bush X, right? You call them Bush yeah, X. Yeah, we call them Bush there. X Bush up X, here yeah. because uh, oh, that's that's the best. I I crack up so hard just because <laughs> when there's like a, a lone Canadian in America and we're like, there's a song. They're like, oh, Bush X, and everybody in the room will look at them and go, "What did you just <laughs> say?" Yeah, well, none of us knew it was just Bush to the rest of the world. Yep, I know and, that's best. It's just like this secret. That you're just like, wait, what? 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 Like and the X is so normal to you growing up, and you're just well, like, yeah, you that's know, a good jam. I, I mean, we had, there was a apparently I had never heard them, but there was a band named Bush here already that yep. did enough stuff that warranted they had the name still. So oh, that is so yeah. funny. I love that. I think I think now though, when people in Canada talk about Bush, it's just Bush. Yeah. I think Bush X dropped off sometime in like 2010. I still call them Bush X. Yeah, but we're old farts. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, oh, yeah, Bush Bush X. Yeah, yeah, okay, Bush. Yeah, that's, I get it now. I remember. And now I know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. So, what's been going on this week in your music life, Nick? This week, I have been building a lot of circuit boards, kind of getting things together for the whole Black Friday shenanigans, which I don't even really care about, but I'm such a new company and I've never really, you know, had anything to sell for Black Friday. I was just kind of excited to do it. (laughs) So like, it was like a good timeline for me to order some enclosures and get everything together, do some, you know, some marketing, some promotion, stuff like that. And at the same time, I also got a laser engraver because I suddenly got the idea that I want to like etch acrylic and wood and see if I can make some cool stuff for my pedals. And I don't know if it's going to work out or not. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, so we were joking before we hit record that like the Nick Danger name had kind of a, a super villain and or superhero kind of vibe to it. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, you're and not sure which one I am. I'm like Loki. That uh, Scott Strange had been on the show a while ago. Uh, he <laughs> right. too has a from laser. Templo Devices, and he's also got a laser. Yeah. Well, what do you so, think we're up to? I think you two are working your way up through three movies from now, having an epic 
duel. Like, that's what's going on. Well, if I point my laser at the moon and all the other builders point their lasers at the moon, (laughs) we're going to finally realize that it's slightly warmer (laughs) from all of the laser engravers. (laughs) Well, it'll get a lot warmer because we're going to find out it's actually made of metal and it's actually a base and something, something reptilian shapeshifters, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. All my fantasies are coming true. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole thing. But yeah, the the uh, laser engraver actually. Before I hopped on the phone with you, uh, I nudged it and almost like did like a whole like Cyclops from X Men like burn a hole through my entire house move. <laughs> and I seriously was just so. Uh, I, and I I etched the perfect looking thing. I got the settings right. Actually, Nick Greer from Greer Amps Greer Pedals, uh, since they do a lot of kind of like acrylic faceplate stuff, I was like, hey, like, do you have any recommendations for settings and all this stuff? And Nick was so helpful. He's always so cool to me. Um, I've known him for like three weeks, but yeah, he's always so great. (laughs) And I got these settings so perfect. And I'm like, this is going to be my next pedal. This is my, and then I got this like piece of tape stuck to my pants and I need my machine. And it just ruined it. It, it like straight up just ruined it there's no other way to say it and i was so heartbroken but then i just kind of was like yeah i can do this again tomorrow it's a new day that's right, that's right. <laughs> so that's that's my week that's that's my week and also my day job i am a I, I say day job but it's like a whenever job i am a studio engineer producer mixer guy and i have a studio in my house and i work with a bunch of bands and uh, we were actually talking a little bit before we went on the air, as they say in the podcast biz, uh, kind of talking about how I don't know how to use computers and I've had to figure out how to use a computer for so many things involving music. And it's just like a means to an end at this point and I hate it so much. But then I also can't figure out the analog stuff either because I was born in 1987. So I was like on that cusp of like... <laughs> Like, I don't know how to use the new stuff or the old stuff. It was kind of like when Dude, digital stuff just came and, out. Uh, preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's like you'll give me this, like, eight-track digital recorder, but they make it as hard as possible to figure out how to use, and, like, you can't <laughs> punch in. So it's like that was my era. It was, like, the stuff that was hey, check out this new invention. It sucks. And that's like what I learned on for everything in my life, apparently. Uh, yeah, man, if, if I can't fix it with the Konami code, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> that's all I know to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> don't up on left, right, left, right, BA. Okay, nope, it didn't. Where's BA? It, that's that's the end of my, that's it. That's yeah. all I got. Can't problem solve hey, that's with good. that, then I'm lost. <laughs> So you're saying you're a, you're a cheater, but that's yes. fine. It's uh, work, <laughs> whoa, work whoa, smarter, whoa, not whoa, harder. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. It's work smarter, not harder. Are you honestly telling me you can just go out there and beat Contra 1 without the extra lives? <laughs> I say goodnight, sir. <laughs> I think I got that game when I was, I, wa- I want to say I was three or four, and... In my mind, I was super good at it, but there's no way. I didn't know the code back then, and I didn't really have any kind oh, of like I, I used to think I was amazing at that game, and then I 
realized when I got a little, you know, well, after I got the Konami code and got a little bit, you know, further into the game that like, oh, I actually just knew how to get to like the second end or third levels. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like so much time has passed. I mean, when you're younger, you know, your timeline is so short. If you're like five years old, a year is a fifth of your life. And you're just like, oh my God, summer lasts forever. This is great. And then, yeah, once you hit like, like 30, 40, it's just like, cool. Just going to die real soon. So I just, I, I, I just feel like coming going to work now. Yeah. My thing. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Right on. Well, Casper, what have you been up to this week, buddy? Um, kind of nothing working, but playing a lot of guitar, like on purpose. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I know. You accidentally find yourself playing. Where the hell did this get in my hands? No, it's like, I've been making way more time for it. And my partner's like, you should go play your guitar. I'm like, I agree with you. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. She's a keeper. That all, I mean, there might Dude, be you reason. just finished telling me how much she's clashing up, classing up my life. Yes. Well, like, she's classy <laughs> and she lives here. So <laughs> by default, you're slightly classier. Yeah. But- it's a big step up, dude. We have a kitchen table now. <laughs> oh, nice. My wife actually built our kitchen table, like, from scratch. That uh, is not a talent my wife uh, has, per se. That's amazing. No, that's, that's like, the source of our contention in our household is the fact that I want to be handy and make something and do something and or or even like help her with something and she'll just be like <laughs> are you kidding me like go do your music like that's funny and i'm just kind of like what the hell man like teach me i just i, I want and then she'll like turn around and build she built our patio table she builds like shelves in our houses and like they're the kind of things that you would sell at like you know the, i guess I, I like some like nice roadside wood furnishings whatever for like $1,500 and she just builds them and they look amazing. I'm just like, what the, like, show me, like, show me how to do this. And I don't know, like, you know, I don't, I don't partake in like uh, gender norms and things like that, but like, I kind of want to feel like a lumberjack sometimes. Like show me how to, show me how to screw some wood into other wood. (laughs) Man, if you want to do some lumberjack stuff, come on up next fall and I'll put you to work with a chainsaw and you can, cut as much firewood as you want <laughs> oh that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. I, i'm i'm you all about have being definitely not heard firewood, firewood before <laughs> that's the that's the dead giveaway right there yep. that sounds fun <laughs> i don't know man anything that involves chainsaws is uh is like a fun little activity <laughs> you know anything that's anything that involves like like the the strongman competition stuff. I I did that for a while. I I was gonna compete in one of them back when I was a a strong lad, and I uh, I, I just missed that. So anytime someone's like, oh, we got to do this horrible chore, like got to take fifteen pounds of rocks, you know, back and forth eighty times. I'm just like, I got this. And I said fifteen pounds. That's really not <laughs> that's a lot. Really but a, I mean, I could probably do that eighty times. I'd be tired. I imagine, but yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. The, the things that involve multiple repetitions, like I can't run a half a mile without like needing to call an ambulance. I'm so winded and so out of shape. But if you were like, Hey, quick, you know, deadlift this boulder, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, cool. That'll be fun. I won't be able to walk for three days after, but I will do it. 
So it's that kind of, I like, I like the one and done sort of stuff. <laughs> That's what my wife calls me. One and done. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Moving on. How about you, Al? Yeah, what have you been up to this week? And uh, please don't well, go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that could be, that could be my nickname. The two and done. Because I have a baby on the way. And then, oh, <laughs> well, congratulations. Then totally, That's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, so you, now you know if I've, <laughs> I've had sex two times. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I just wanted to actually, that's a cool thing to announce. Um, that's why you next, came on the next, podcast, if I recall. <laughs> yes, so I'm, I'm here on the podcast to announce next year I will be having a vasectomy, and, <laughs> which means that they cut the, the, the dingo dango off. I think off. that's the scientific term. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. You oh. Never heard of it. In America, we have a uh, very skilled. Boy, that lack uh, of healthcare really uh, it does <laughs> opens up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna YouTube it, see how they do it in Canada, <laughs> and then try, try to do a DIY thing. I have a solder iron. I could figure it out. Totally, <laughs> I believe in you. Anyways, <laughs> so this week, um, well, last, well, yeah. Well, yeah. What have you been up to? Last week, I was given a really beautiful present. Yes, you were. Uh, from Trevor Cronbauer in the form of uh, his personal guitar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. Which was an amazing gift, and um, I'm still just a little blown away that I own that instrument. It's mm. a crazy nice guitar. Um, when he gave it to me, he was like, I haven't played it for a bit. Uh, there's a... I put some strings in the case though for you. It needs a, you're going to have to string it up and do a setup. And I was like, that's okay, Mr. Trevor, sir. Thank you for the expensive guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, awesome. But (laughs) so it's, uh, it's, it's really a jazz box. It's, it's got trapeze set up and F holes and the whole bit. Yeah. Um, but the trapeze tailpiece was missing the two little nuts that hold on the actual tailpiece onto the trapeze. Mm Mm-hmm. And I cannot find those nuts anywhere in town. I've looked everywhere, um, and nobody has them. And so I'm going to have to order a new tailpiece, I think. So I've been a little bummed that I've got this amazing guitar, and I still haven't been able to play or hear it. Mm. uh, So I'm on the hunt for a trapeze tailpiece. You should take it off and leave it with me. Uh, It is off, but it's not here. That was brilliant of you. You know, I'm like <laughs> a fixer. I would fix this for you. Well, there's there's a couple of ways I could fix it. I've I've, I mean, realistically, I could just uh, JB weld it, or yeah, I could just solder it or something like that. I, well, I could. I could put a little solder, solder a couple of. Uh, I have a couple of nuts that are just slightly too big, mm. so they'll thread on. But if they were put under any pressure, they would probably just eventually slide off. Oh, I didn't think we were talking about the vasectomy still. No, no. <laughs> you clever guy. Um, oh, I'm just waiting for talk about nuts, and then I, I chime in. That's usually Casper's role. I'm just um, riding the... <laughs> so I, I, that, the thought had occurred to me, though, of, of like using uh, soldering a couple of, of, of those in place that are just slightly too big. It seems kind of janky, man. Well, but it wouldn't be. I have mm-hmm. uh, flux and some plumber's solder, and you know, okay, that stuff. Uh, Take all the adjustment out of it, though, if you ever wanted to, like. Well, you never adjust the tailpiece anyway. No, no. Why is it threaded then? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truthfully don't. A lot of those tailpieces aren't. They're just mm-hmm. a one unit. 
if I had to guess, it's probably just easier manufacturing to, mm-hmm. to make it multiple pieces. But uh, they're they're cheap. It's not something that uh, needs to be an expensive uh, version. I, I think I could buy an identical replacement from Stu Mac for 70 bucks if I wanted to even spend that much on it. Um, but if I'm being totally truthful, this will probably be like one of those things I spend $20 on on eBay and uh, call it good because it just needs to anchor the strings. The saddle is still really nice. The rest of the guitar is perfect. Yeah. What kind of guitar is it? It's a uh, Kronbauer. Wow. Um, so it's his personal one? He's a yeah. builder here. So he's he's yeah. a premium acoustic builder, just builds every, it's custom acoustics. That's what he does. Yeah. Wow, that's um, awesome. And his, like, just to, not that it's about how much a guitar, instruments are not necessarily nice because of what they cost, but just to give you an idea of, like, where his stuff kind of, the range he sits in, his his starting price, I think, is it's 4K American. Yeah, 4200 American. Is it 4, yeah. Wow. And that's yeah. just like no options, just acoustic. Yep. And uh, That's and incredible. Like, you know, other you know things like rosewood or mahogany or... Maple, yeah, you get like to choose like basic woods. Basic woods. woods. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing exotic. exotic. Or, you know, no, no inlays, nothing like that. It's just you're getting a Cronbauer acoustic and it's most basic. Is, yep. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's... Casper has a couple. I have, uh, he's got uh, a custom one being built for me that's uh, been in the works for, it's, it's been two years, yep. <laughs> it's, which is why he actually <laughs> gave me this thing. Um, he felt bad that mine was taking a really long time and uh, was just, I don't know, he's an overly generous, he's, he's one of the most good-hearted guys I've ever known. He's yeah. just, yeah. So he gave me his personal guitar that he's been jamming for 15 years and, uh, I'm unbelievably lucky to have that. <laughs> yeah, like to give some, the number of guitars he builds, it's like that guitar serial number was from 2005, and it was number 58. And my guitar is from 2015, and it's 341. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very low. Very low numbers, very high quality. Well, mine is, my custom build is 442. Yeah. And I don't know if it's stamped 2018 or 2019 or 2020. Yeah, it'll probably be 2018 because the body's together. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, so yeah, yeah that's that's my mission right now is finding a trapeze tailpiece that uh, I can replace and uh, get rocking on that guitar. I just This is a dumb question, but did you try the music shop? Actually, no. I haven't been in town while they've been open. Yeah. Um, and because I was just looking for replacement nuts to, to fix the trapeze piece i already have i yeah. you know that's not the kind of thing they're going to stock just right a, yeah just yeah. a little shop oh well um but i you know I'll, I'll phone maybe i'll phone them tomorrow see if they have one in. i doubt they will if you go down there can you pick me up an acoustic strap button <laughs> okay are you gonna put one on well for dad's 12 string oh okay yeah he asked me to do that was you're like, not gonna but, put one on your uh I don't want to. <laughs> Dude, you can do it. I don't want to. Okay. I know. You're just going to keep pulling your strings out of tune? Uh-huh. No, I play differently now. <laughs> I'm way more careful. <laughs> <sighs> I was getting a mad vibration, and we covered this many, many episodes ago, but I was getting this crazy vibration on the high strings. I couldn't figure it out. 
and it was more prevalent when I was standing and not when I was sitting. And it was like, it was, it was this weirdest thing to try to like track down. And it was actually, I was pulling the guitar sharp and pulling the strings closer to the, to the fretboard because I had the strap going around the headstock and off the, the back of the guitar. So it was just like, Oh wow. I was the way I was playing. It was causing, cause the action was so finely tuned. It was just like so close that, Every time I would like get into something that I was really concentrating on, I'd be pulling a little bit more than normal and pulling the flipping thing sharp. It was just like, oh. well, I mean, there's it's a cool look in the Johnny Cash kind of classic way to have. A, I just don't want to drill a hole in the pristine, gorgeous nine piece neck of my guitar. You don't have to. <laughs> you could. I'm serious. You could put it in. The body has the has the block that the neck is set into inside there. You could put it there. You're right. I just don't like it there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a B bender on a telly, but it's just like everything just goes a quarter step sharp, and it's like, wait, what? Like, yeah. wow, this is. Well, it, yeah. it wouldn't be so much that it was going sharp; it was that it was really bugging me. It was the it was the buzz it was creating on like the high E string fretted at the second fret. It was like this tiny little nuanced problem, and it was like oh, I just it, couldn't like it, figure yeah. it out. And like then that I would, was the fulcrum of where it was. The, yeah. the, the problem just happened to and be right there. So I, then I'd take it into Trevor and he'd play it and he'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, he wouldn't wrong. be doing the strap up there. Yep. And, I, and then I would play it sitting in the shop and it's like, oh, it must be the, you know, you bring it into the doctor but and I it's think, fine. I, the, the best part about this is that I'd been teasing you about having uh -huh. the strap tied to the headstock. Because you don't forever. like it. No, I don't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely teasing me about it, and I had to, <laughs> I had to concede defeat because, dang, you were absolutely right. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, that is a, that is one of those crazy things when one player will play a guitar and then maybe just hand it to you, and then you play it, and it's just out of tune, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, what? You're like, what's going on? Like that happens so much in my studio. I tune my guitars and play my guitars a certain way. And like, you know, someone will be recording guitar here and it's like way out of tune. And I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. Hand it to me. And then I play it and it's in tune. And I'm like, okay, here. Hello? The way they play it, like there's so oh. much going on. Lost you there we lost second. you there for a second. Yeah, it was a. Oh, no. Big old blank space. Cool. <laughs> Where did we are, lose are, are we good? Uh, are we good now? Yeah, we're good. I am yeah, in we, a, we heard I, you say something about you'd, you'd hand it back to the player, and then it was just blank. Yep. Oh yeah. So you know, if, if you tune a guitar and hand it to, and it's perfectly in tune for you, you can hand it to another player, and the G string might be really sharp. The low E string is flat, and just it depends on how you play and your intensity and your fretting and bad habits, yeah, and it's it's just. That's oh, the most prevalent thing is is any player picking up someone else's guitar. You really are picking up not in tune for your yeah, bad habits. Your bad habits <laughs> definitely <laughs> exactly. take the thing to a totally different place. Um, yeah, I I always tune my G string the slightest hair flat, and also mm -hmm. my low E string the slightest hair flat because I just know I'm going to hit that low E a little harder, and I might bend that G a tiny bit when I'm fretting, yep. and then. And, and, you know, just playing for years and years and years, I also have like a really sensitive ear, uh, you know, just to even one string being tiny, tiny, tiny bit 
out of out of tune when someone's playing and I'll, I'll get a lot of stuff to mix especially now with uh pandemic stuff i'm working with bands in my studio a lot less and doing a lot of remote stuff and almost every recording i get there are sections where the bass will be a quarter step sharp on the low e string and you know and i notice it right away and the, the whole recording will sound worse like it won't even sound tight it, even though it's a, a tuning thing and not a timing thing you know I'll, I'll write them and say hey so this is going on with the bass and they'll be like we just listen and we don't hear it and i'm like what's wrong with me am i is something wrong with me well, that's why you're and i just paid, man yeah <laughs> i get yeah i guess so you know and then i go in and i'm like hey so next time you play the bass just check the tuning uh maybe retrack it and they're like tuner said it was fine i'm like cool don't trust the tuner anymore then <laughs> like i'm telling you like listen to it play it listen to it. so yeah it's like this it's a blessing and a curse and, and the, i don't know if you guys get this feeling but mm. when something's finally in tune in a song like you can breathe like there's this exhale just like oh now i could just enjoy music yeah. like it's it's such a gratifying feeling so as frustrating as it can be being a recording engineer oh it's so nice when it's good <laughs> it's interesting too um as i can, i feel like i put trevor cronbar like the builder of our these guitars through a lot when i first uh, got my guitar because i was i was always saying things like you know like every time i would like fret an open g chord the it, something would be off it just wouldn't sound right so i mean he went through and actually and I think mine's the only guitar like this where he actually intonated the hand carved bone nut each string. So he actually oh, wow. like kind of compensated uh, a straight, just smooth bridge for me. Just for, he really <laughs> for your playing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So we went through that, and then it was like, oh yeah, that's a lot better. And now my guitar lives tuned into D standard, and that corrected all of it. It sounds oh, so wow. much better to my ear, um, just because uh, the that intonation just lines up so much smoother in that tuning than it does in in, the, in E standard. It's it's of wow. this world better. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. I lo I love that kind of stuff. And D standard is just a glorious tuning. Glorious tuning. Yep. It. Oh, it's so so beefy, especially on acoustic. Yeah. Yeah, I I. I initially started tuning down to that in the early 2000s because I have a, I've always had a low voice. Um, is your, is your in, voice low? Huh? It's, it's a little low. <laughs> 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 um, and I was playing in like hardcore bands, so you know, tuning down to D standard and thus drop C was just that's just what we did, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I just I've I've always liked it so much. I've never really gone back. I've just even when I was um, touring and playing in a, in a reggae band, I kept my guitar in D standard, just yep. or C D standard D standard. Um, just cause I liked it. Oh yeah. I, I've been a half step down guy pretty much my whole music career. I'm an E flat player. And it's even when I'm just pl playing a guitar just to play with it and, and my own time, not recording or anything, it's my ear gravitates toward that. Like if I tune by ear, I'm generally going to E flat and not even on purpose. That's just like, that's the, the note spot. that it wants to go to. <laughs> yeah. And it's so weird. And I mean, I, I have a story I've told before about when I was going to buy a Strat when I was 11 years old. 
and I was playing a Mexican Strat and I plugged it in at the music store and I just went, this is it. This is the Holy Grail. I've never heard anything like this in my entire life. This is the one. And then my dad was just like, hey, for a little bit more, you can get a used American one. So I was like, ooh, well, that's kind of cool. It's American, better quality. I picked it up, two chords, and I was like, nope, this doesn't have it. Right. This doesn't have the mojo. So I ordered the Mexican one, not that exact guitar that I played. And it showed up in my house, and it didn't have the magic. And I was so like, oh, oh well. Maybe it was like the amp. Who knows? Because I didn't know anything about anything when I was that young. And then one day, I, I heard that you can tune your guitar a half step down. And that's what Green Day did and Weezer did and Stevie Ray did. And I think Jimi Hendrix. And like, I went, Kirk whoa, 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 whoa. And... <laughs> okay, yeah. So I, mm -hmm. so I started freaking out and I tuned to that tuning. And then I was able to like play along with some of these songs. And I was just like, I'm never going away from here like this is like it was so much magic to me and then my band we were in that tuning and then going down to that drop c sharp that's such a glorious place to be and yeah so it was just kind of a it, it's weird like so basically every guitar in my studio is in a half step down so when bands come in and you know their records and standards are like dude come on like, like just, you knew we were coming, just bump them all up a little bit. It's like, no, it's better. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Put a capo on the first fret and leave me alone. That's what, yeah, that's what I do. Anytime anybody wants to borrow my acoustic or borrow uh, something from me, like, it's like, you're going to have to capo two frets higher and uh, just, that's your life. You're not tuning it up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't mess with my, my thing. That's my thing. You know, like that's yeah. keep it where it is. Well, but the whole guitar is set up for that. And yep. Uh, a whole yeah. step, like a whole step is enough that oh yeah you tune up and it's yeah you're gonna it, mess that oh and, up. and you're really so. reaching and you're pulling everything sharp when you're fretting the higher frets and so, yeah yeah cable's better like when like when someone would borrow your guitar bass at a show and be like oh man i just like broke all my strings can i borrow yours real quick like off the side of the stage and you hand them your you know instrument and standard tuning and then suddenly they just start going to drop a and you're like you know this isn't this, this isn't acceptable like this like a it's gonna sound terrible b like you're going to do something bad to my guitar <laughs> like what like do you and i've seen people tune between like drop b and standard with the same guitar live you know like local oh my god i bands. never you know like you ever see those like Guys like Andy McKee or Don Ross or just these like just phenomenal fingerstyle solo acoustic dudes. And they play in like 15 different tunings. They don't change guitars. They just retune the one they're holding. Yeah, that <laughs> is, yeah. It's just on the fly sometimes. It's like. Yeah, like it's, I can get, yeah, get a... like retuning it on the fly. My head has an easier time with that than the fact like you're tuning all those strings like. Who knows how many different steps one way or the other? How is your setup just not like the worst? Yeah. <laughs> like half I the know it, it's, it's such an art. Like half the battle is tuning the guitar. So to be good at that and to know your instrument, I mean, that's, oh, it's wild. I mean, that's why I like classical guitar players, you know, it's when they're, when they finally earn their stripes, it's like, okay, now it's time to buy your $10,000 guitar. Cause that's just what we do. <laughs> I have, a, I got a buddy. Yeah. Um, Lance, Lance uh, oh, local Lance, guy. Yeah. He is just, he's a savant, that guy. He can, he, uh, he's the kid that like would forget to eat 
as a teenager because <laughs> he was playing guitar. Um, nice. He, um, I think what happened was, is he did a, like a, a contest where some really, really renowned flamenco player, um, put up an audio recording of a, a guitar piece, some, some classical flamenco piece. And it had to be transcribed note for note by ear onto sheet music and then reproduced and you could win a con win this contest. So he won like some fifteen thousand uh, dollar handmade flamenco guitar. Oh wow. It, it's phenomenal. It is the weirdest instrument to hold. Because <laughs> really? the neck is like so thin. And it's all nylon strings. Oh, yeah. So when I play it, I it's I mean I sound like a muppet when I play any guitar, but it's really hard for me to play this guitar because it's like classical size neck and like weird. Well, classicals like boutique uh, premium acoustics on their own are a whole different world compared to like totally. you know your average Taylor or Gibson acoustic mm. or something like that. Um, but then you get into the world of boutique premium classical guitars, and they're just another step beyond that. Like. Even, you know, I've Trevor's said a couple of times, like, that's just a whole different thing. Well, and it's, it's, it's curious, or it's funny the kind of that you said that because Lance is not a steel string player. No, at, no, at all. Worlds, he, he, like, but I mean, he plays a mean strat. Like, don't get me wrong, the guy can play just about anything, but he prefers flamenco. He prefers that nylon yeah. string. You know, he has the nails and all the bits. It's like Portuguese. But, you know, you can mm. speak Portuguese and go to Brazil and you'll be able to ham your way through a conversation, but you're not speaking Brazilian Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Or Canadian French, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when, uh, I can't remember where I was going with this. Thanks, Al. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he can play literally anything. Damn you, dude. Well, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. This, you know what this is? Yes. This is vengeance. Probably. Accidental vengeance. Okay. For you sabotage me. Oh, the nickname, the nickname game the other game day. game with Andrew McCaig. Yeah, <laughs> you destroyed uh, me. That was funny. <laughs> that was worth it every so, do, moment. Do, um, Andrew McCaig is uh, a former member of the presidency of the United States of America, and he was on, on the show two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago as of you listening to this, dear yep. listeners. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard that episode yet, you should. It's great. But It, uh, it, it launches with Casper, I'm going, you have 28 seconds to figure out a nickname. think of a nickname. Go! Go. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, flubbed it. I flubbed it horribly. No, it's the it was, only time uh, it was fantastic. I love yeah, that. Nickname. I think Andrew got a nickname, and you got a nickname, and ah, I, I need a nickname. I Al. <laughs> yeah, I, or somebody did. Maybe it was Andrew. Andrew didn't get a nickname. Anyway, it was it was a mess. Yeah, it's always <laughs> That's a awesome. mess. It was and, uh, a deliberate mess that time. Casper was no, just could not have been happier because he hates the nicknames. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Steel string player. Steel he's not string. a steel string no. player. He's the nylon guy. No, but he's a specialized player. Oh, absolutely. And, he but he can play anything. And the first time he ever played my guitar, um, he was on, I think he was opening for like the Gypsy Kings or something. Um, so he, we met in the park here. We're kind of hanging out. And he played Mike Kronbauer. And he's like, yeah, oh, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah, it's a steel string guitar. He wasn't <laughs> into it. Um, since then, uh, building the studio in the basement here, doing the podcast, uh, Lance uses the space sometimes to teach online lessons. And so, because the internet here is, we kind of share it with um, the Almighty. And uh, it's, <laughs> so he comes in and then we've kind of do like this kind of trade off where he'll like give me these like kind of pointers and stuff like that, kind of teach me a bit of guitar and, you know, kind of broaden my horizons a bit. But then he 
has been playing my guitar more. And he's like, this guitar is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, thank, <laughs> nice. you. thank you. Thank you. You play a very, very boutique, very, very specialized guitar. And it is amazing. But to have him kind of really appreciate the steel string more and the, and the craftsmanship of Karambar is, is it was a big deal for me that he like, okay, yes, you're absolutely right. This is actually a fantastic guitar. So oh, that's awesome. That was cool. Um, and that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are, we are way overdue here. Mm. We got to fire into this for real, man. Nick. Yeah. Give us the origin story, dude. Like how did you become? Oh, yeah, you make pedals, right? Yeah. He does some, <laughs> there's a reason he's on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Technically we're still in the, what's been going, going on, on this week. week. <laughs> You're going to hear about so, it. I am. I know. I'm going to get a message from Dan Presenter, more guitars. Like, dude. That section's taking way too long. You got to come on, man. <laughs> I love you, Dan. Well, yeah. But I fear origin. your criticisms. <laughs> well, my origin story, I don't have to dive too far back with pedals. Uh, I built my first pedal. Well, give, include I your, think you can include your studio work and stuff, too. Like, that's a part of how. You oh, I should Tarantino this. I should go in reverse from, like, today. And you'll <laughs> okay. be like. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Like, oh, how, how did it get there then? Well, I, I actually, I built my first guitar pedal uh, less than a year ago. And a lot of people are like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Like you have a company, you have several pedals out and I don't know how I got here either. Uh, <laughs> it's something I've, I've always been in love with gear and guitars and pedals and things like that. Uh, the marketing aspect, uh, working with different companies when I was in my band and getting the scoop on new stuff, you know, getting an artist deal on something, you know, touring factories, just basically everything involving gear was just so cool to me. And I ended up just kind of having a couple conversations last year with a couple different buddies. Um, one of which is uh, Andy Wilson from Cameltone Electronics and Potential Audio. And he plays in a band called The Super Weeks. Uh, he has, he you know, builds pedals and things like that. And he was kind of like my, and still is my uh, pedal guru, I guess you can call him. And he was always kind of just saying, yeah, man, you should, you should totally try to build one. And I was like, no, it's not for me. I don't even know how to solder. I'll just, I'll just buy a bunch of pedals and be happy. And he's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then I was talking to another friend and I was like, it'd be cool if I could design some pedals and then, I don't know, ship them off to china and they could just like fabricate them and then i could sell them here real cheap and you know they're just kind of like well why don't you just build them yourself i'm like well i don't know how and like that was the only thing that was stopping me so andy from potential audio he, he ended up set, uh, sending me his kit for his own distortion pedal that he designed called the nard and it's the very nard? simple. The Nard <laughs> distortion pedal That's name. Just, yes, that just took me right back to childhood, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and watching it, uh, was it uh, Mod Squad or the Monster Squad? Wolfman has Nards. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of uh, Beavis and Butthead when I oh, hear it. Yeah, yeah that was uh, great. <laughs> but yeah, and I think it was named after Evan Bernard, who's the guitar player in the band, the super weeks. And this basically was kind of hailed as Weezer's blue album in a box. And 
that's some of my you know favorite guitar stuff. Oh, can and, we just take a moment and appreciate the perfection as, of that record? As soon as you said the Blue Album, I was oh like, yeah, Here we oh go. yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, I you can do a whole podcast tongue, about Casper. that. <laughs> I okay, we that I worship at the the ground of that album. That is like the bedrock of everything I am as a guitarist. Dude, I own oh, a Stratocaster in, in Weezer Blue. I know. I know. I, I agree with you. I'll, I'm just saying. This is a rabbit hole I've been down a hundred times. <laughs> oh, oh. Get ready for 101, oh, yeah. you troglodyte. Like, oh, my goodness. I learned to play guitar <laughs> to that record. I learned to play every single part, the bass, every guitar part, all the leads. That's what taught me everything I know how to play. And I never learned anything past that because I don't care. Um, oh, that's all you need. That's, that's all I you know. need. It has Did you know there's not even a there's not even a palm mute on that whole record? It's just perfection in tone, man. It's brilliant. Like I can't believe that they looked at. Can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out they of here. Looked yeah. That's, gonna, that's gonna be my second podcast. Is the Blue like the, Appreciation the, Podcast? Like the band looked at each other and Rick Ocasek, and they said, "We can't be metal. We can't palm mute on this record." And they said. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. So, like, when you get to like the end of Only in Dreams, the best build-up outro ever, it should be palm muting with the drums being quiet, you know. But they're like, nope, no palm muting, and it's the most gorgeous. Oh, it's too good, man! Array, like, I get chills. I get chills just talking about it. And I saw, like, I saw him play that that build up live in like 2000 and you know, I, I was just like bawling <laughs> is I have never, because I've always lived in some obscure part of Canada. The closest Weezer has ever come to me was a six hour drive. And, and you didn't oh, make no. it. No tickets, tickets sold out instantly. I yeah. was on there trying to buy, but I didn't get them and I could not afford the scalper fees. Um, right. so I've never oh. seen Weezer live. And I'm a little bit of a snob, and I'm, I will admit that now I don't know if I want to because there's so many records that they've put out since that I just don't care about. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. It's a it's and, a it's a different band. It's a different time. Yeah, you know and, they have some they have some good jams here and there. Like I'm even a big Maladroit fan. Like I love that record. That was like, that was probably their last. Like, well, no, it wasn't. They've had some good songs since, but but for yeah. me, if it doesn't involve Matt Sharp, it's not the best Weezer. Like, oh, of course. Gotta have oh. Matt Sharp on it, and, and I so know good. Matt Sharp has even himself said numerous times, like he's Team Weezer. He's he wants them to succeed, just like he's he's cool with them not being with him. But uh, which is funny compared to back when he left. But it's yeah. <laughs> right. Any, anyway, no, that album is perfection. And if you haven't yeah. listened to it, go listen to it. Shut off this podcast and go. <laughs> So that's, that's great. You know, that's marketing how I felt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'm so sorry. That, I'm interrupting your your origin story. Oh wait. no, it's all good. But yeah, that that pedal is kind of like, you know, it's it's almost like that's kind of why I started playing the kind of music that I played in my band. That's you know the the record I just kind of like grew up loving. Uh, and then yeah, so I got to build the pedal. That's the blue album in a box. I built it and it worked first try, which you know pedal builders will tell you like when you do something yourself and you plug it in and it works it's like oh my goodness like what did i just do like i am god like this is <laughs> the greatest thing <laughs> and then i got really 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 cocky and i was like cool i'm buying five more circuit boards and a bunch more stuff i'm gonna build a bunch and none of them worked <laughs> like 
no pedal worked for me. And I was like, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe I just build nards. That's it for fun. Okay, whatever. But then I had a stroke of good luck and I built like five or six in a row that all worked. And I was like, okay, I think I like this again. And then, yeah, it was just a very slow, like very step by step, but all the steps happened really quickly. Like every week there was like a new turning point in my company and building. So it was like, I built this pedal. Cool. I posted online. Cool. Two people wrote me and said, could you build me one? I want to own your first pedal. I built those people pedals. And then someone said, hey, do you know this website where they sell these PCBs? You should check these out. Hey, this site has cheaper knobs than most and they ship really fast. Hey, uh, do you need graphic design work done? And like every week there was this new thing. And before I knew it, you know, I had wizard buddies who design circuit boards. Because like I said, I don't know much about computers. I don't know much about math, but I know what I want to hear and how to make that happen. Because uh, with recording engineering and pedal engineering, it's all about the input, then blah, 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 blah. This goes into this, this goes into this, this does this, you turn this, this happens, and then there's an output. So analog studio gear, you know, I'm, I'm staring at my rack right now. It's essentially a pedal circuit board. Uh, you know, like certain things will EQ your pedal, certain things will compress things, high pass, low pass, uh, gain generation, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. And then I was just like, oh, this clicks. I can't believe that I never got into this sooner. And yeah, then I got tired of working with other people's circuit boards. And I was like, I need to get my own made. Uh, got my art guy, Jesse Augustine, uh, old buddy of mine that's been in bands I grew up recording and playing with. And that's where I am today. So I've got three production pedals out, the Wonder Drive, the Wonder Fuzz, and the Goon Fuzz. And we've got like custom artwork on everything. And it's just got this really pro feel because, you know, I was just kind of getting tired of seeming like I was just kind of selling kit builds, you know, even though I wasn't buying and selling kits by any means, I, I just didn't want to build another rat and I didn't want to build another tube screamer. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of fun and I was kind of like, the reason I think I started this company was to create pedals that I would reach for first in the studio. So it's like if I wanted a high gain amp like distortion, what would I want in that pedal? And then also if I wanted like a translucent kind of, uh, not translucent, transparent, what, what's the word? There's a bunch of different words. <laughs> yeah. So let's call it like a low gainy boy. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's just, I just kind of wanted to build my own favorite as if I was going to have a whole signature pedal board for myself. And it's also stuff that I think other people would be interested in. And the stuff that I have out now, you know, I'm really proud of and I'm really pumped about it. But now that I kind of know what I'm doing, it's like, the stuff I have coming up is going to be so much fun <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's going to be so rewarding to finally get it out there. Well, it's kind of like, well, it's like writing a song. You, you always, you're always stoked about the song when you're writing it. And then two years down the road, when you're writing other stuff, you're more stoked about that. And you're, cause you can see all the ways where you've advanced oh. and in your craft and in your playing. And just, I can't even think of the last time I played 
the music I have released. Like, honestly. Right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, they say, <laughs> yeah, when you, when you start writing music and playing music, I, I forgot who it was, but they said like, take your first 40 songs you've written and throw them out. Like <laughs> no one wants to hear you learn how to write songs. <laughs> uh, and I mean, of course there's some, you know, some songwriters who got it right, right off the bat, but, uh, well, that was me. it's kind of like, yeah, that's right, <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. So with the pedals, it's kind of like, I don't even know if the pedals that I have out right now are going to be around next year. Uh, I, I kind of want them to be, but I'm so excited about my new stuff. And I think it, as it, long it's as so cool. People that are into them, just keep, you know, like just because, just okay listen if you're keith richards uncle al moment just because you're <laughs> sick and tired of satisfaction doesn't mean your audience is mm. you know oh, if i go sure. to a stone show and i don't hear satisfaction i'd be like what the frick guys you know yep. there's certain things that your, your audience wants and that's okay it's if proco stops making a rat and starts making other stuff because they're you know sick of whatever, it you know they're <laughs> right. gonna have some upset people yeah, that's so, one thing that I've learned over the years, you know, being in a band for so many years, it was like, you play the songs every night, and maybe you dread going up on stage to play those. But the second that you see somebody enjoying it, like, in oh, real yeah. time, yeah. it's just like, oh, this is why I do it. This yeah. is great. So like, in that moment, I, I'll play the same song over and over and over and over again. And you got it, like, you know, uh, you just you got it. I, there was a there's a tune called Take You Away that my old reggae band, you know, I, I wrote it specifically to be a hammy, cheesy, catchy hook of a tune that I hated pretty badly. <laughs> but I was like, this is going to be that song that just really helps catch as many people as possible because it's just so poppy. And it, oh, it, that's great. It worked great. And, you know, we were sick of it before we even toured it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, Hundreds of shows later, we weren't less sick of it, but it was one of those things where it's like this song opened a lot of doors for us, so it's just it's just gonna happen every night and oh well. Yeah. <laughs> for oh for sure. Yeah, with with my band, I played in a band called The Swellers for like thirteen years and we toured for pretty much ten years nonstop. Like we weren't home for more than two months at a time. And we got pretty lucky that our one song that caught on was a song that we all really liked. And the one song on that same record that we thought was going to be the big song that's on like the iPhone commercial, like <laughs> in the background, we thought that song was going to be the one that the label was like, this is the one we're pushing because it sounds blah, 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 blah. And when we put out that record, the label never even mentioned that song again. And they went for the song that we liked. And they were like, how about that one? We were like, well, yeah, yeah, let's do this. But why did we put that other one on the record at all? Like we thought, (laughs) (laughs) so, so yeah, that's kind of, we we got lucky in that sense that, you know, people have asked me like, Oh, do you, do you hate playing this song? Are you so bummed that everybody just knows this song and they might not know any, it's like, Oh, like it's so cool. And I, I played slide guitar on that song for the main riff. Like we were kind of like a pop punk band, but getting to play slide on something was just like such an homage to like 
Gary from Leonard Skinner. Like I grew up loving that guy. Oh man, I'm, and I was, I'm a troglodyte. I can't play slide to save my life. So, oh, me neither. Like I, <laughs> I but I was like, I have to do it. Like I have to make this happen because it just sounds like your guitar's crying, and it's like, oh, this is so emotional. This is so cool. So it's like harmonized. Oh, we, did we lose him again? That's like when people oh, ask gosh. me, like, what, what. It's, like, it's well, like that might be an internet thing. That might be. We just lost you again for a good chunk of time there, homie. Not not that long. Oh no. It was about four seconds. That's it's, it's a good radio, chunk of time, but it's not a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me it feels like an eternity. <laughs> Where did he go? Oh no. It's all right. Keep going. We'll clip it. <laughs> right on, right on. So yeah, and and it's kind of weird that Leonard Skinner was a really big influence on me, but I kind of started playing guitar and my dad was showing me all kinds of music uh, around the same time that I was also getting into grungy stuff and punk rock stuff. So I was pretty well-rounded. But then, you know, when I started my punk rock band, I was 15 and I kind of just stopped developing as a player. (laughs) Like I got good at my chords and my songwriting and my craft and playing live and my endurance and all that. But yeah, once we stopped touring in 2015, uh, I was pretty much like, oh, I should probably you know, learn something new and get better at this instrument. So, And that's also kind of when I got into the pedal game because I was mainly an amp distortion player and I kind of had just like an overdrive or a fuzz to beef things up and no modulation and that was about it. So we could tour and use like pretty much any backline as long as it was a, you know, like a, a, a high gain head or whatever. Really didn't matter if I had a pedal board or not. So when I got home, it was like, oh, cool. I can actually sit here and take my guitars out of the cases and unpack my suitcase and play with some pedals and learn how to play some riffs. So, yeah, my love for gear and just guitar and all the ins and outs just kind of was reigniting, reignited. You know, I wasn't as bitter and jaded uh, (laughs) on tour doing night drives and everything. So, yeah, this uh, doing the recording engineer thing. That's a, I feel really at home doing that. And I got to say, man, uh, you know, just to, to, to go into the pedals a little bit and to, to revisit the Weezer blue album thing a bit, some (laughs) of the samples, uh, the audio samples that we've, we've been able to hear over your Instagram been like, heck yeah, man, your, your one drive, um, you're getting pretty blue album esque tones there. Didn't, didn't hurt that one of the things you shared was literally, (laughs) (laughs) It was literally you jamming a Weezer tune, but... Uh. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's that's like my favorite guitar sound is that distortion that sounds like it's a fuzz, but it's not, and you could still hear all the notes, and that's very, like, Blue Album to me. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's a really thick, rich, gooey tone. It's, it's cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, you know, so that's, that, that's what I was kind of going for with that pedal, and it was, I mean, that one's a very big, almost accident. Uh, people are like, oh, cool, what's it based on? And I'm like, I don't know enough to tell you what it's based <laughs> on. Like, I I know that it is, it generates distortion. You know, there's an IC chip. Uh, I designed it to not have any diodes. And I then had a problem with how it sounded through one amp. So I was like, okay, what if I make a switch that runs it through some diodes? 
and they're like, oh, cool, like symmetrical, like silicon. And I'm like, nope, it's three silicon diodes and one LED diode all together, which is just something that doesn't happen and it shouldn't happen, but it sounded the best to me. And, you know, so there's all these weird little things about it. And they're like, oh, cool. So uh, what's the EQ circuit? I'm like, nope, no EQ circuit. Like f off. This is this is my <laughs> this is my pedal. I don't even know how to make one. Like literally, like I was just kind of like I got volume and drive, and I figured out a way to impart this like cocked wah. Like if you took a cocked wah, that six to eight hundred hertz area, that mid range, that's almost honky, but make it a really sharp spike and only spike it up a little bit. Like, and so the bass stays the same and the highs stay the same. So it gives you this presence that's almost like, to me, studio EQ. It's like where I would bump the frequency to get this kind of presence that's not like a high end kind of thing. And when I got that imparted in the pedal, I was like, okay, I, I think I invented something weird, but I would use this all the time. So it's kind of like my, I've almost likened it to being, you know, going back to Leonard Skinner, Molly Hatchet, like the 70s high gain amps that borderline got fuzzy when they were turned up too loud. Uh, and also, you know, like the Weezer, I think, you know, what was he using? Like a Mesa Mark One on that record or something? You know, you'd think I would know that, but I don't. It was a, it was a Mesa and uh, the oversized Marshall 412 was what Rivers had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and also I heard, which is kind of cool, it was recorded at relatively low volume. Uh, I guess they just kind of turned the guitar up to like one or two, or the amp, and they were like, yeah, that's that sounds good, let's just record that. Because it sounds so loud and boisterous and garagey, but like... Yeah, I think, I mean, know. they were obviously <laughs> loud enough that they could get feedback, but... Right, um, yeah. But especially, I mean... Oh, Pinkerton, it's kind of funny when you listen to Pinkerton, like how much more feedback there was. <laughs> like Pinkerton, it was. Th those two albums are funny when you, Blue Album and Pinkerton, because the Blue Album is like this, like it, had, it couldn't have been more than like a $50,000 record. They didn't, they weren't, you know, getting all of Geffen's money on that one. No, no, no. <laughs> and then Pinkerton was like, yeah, your last record was a huge smash. Here's $500,000. Go make a record. <laughs> <laughs> and they come out with this record that sounds like a $5,000 record. Yeah, it sounds worse, but it's so endearing. And the songs are so just interesting. And yeah, it's such a, yeah, it, it's kind of funny because people who come record with me, they know that I love Weezer and a lot of those bands. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, we kind of want Pinkerton sounding drums. And I'm like, oh, so bad? <laughs> like, you don't want them to sound that good? Like, the the band sounds great. The recording's cool, but it's when you listen and you're like, "Give me that kick drum from Pinkerton." It's like, "Oh, really? Like that's a tone you're gonna chase? Like that's fine." Uh, yeah, I I love Pinkerton. I love the songs, but I gotta admit, I wouldn't ever want my record to sound like that. <laughs> no, the, no, it's the, uh, the, like the one mic in the very echoey room drum sound is just not my thing. And and right, you know, I like that record for what it is, but. It, it's just never a sound that I'm going for. I, I definitely <laughs> prefer the uh, treated, deader-sounding drums of Blue Album. 
Yeah. And, and actually, you know, I, I heard Josh from JHS on one of his episodes uh, mention the Green album and how much he loved it. And I thought I was super alone in loving that record as much as I do. But it just sounds so slick. And it's just so, I, I, I don't even know, like, I, it's formulaic, but in a way that I'm just like, every time it's the same formula i'm like yes you did it again you idiots like that's awesome <laughs> like like the guitar solo being the same as the verse vocal in every song <laughs> and it's like 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 you're really not going to change it up like you're just still doing it this is great yeah so i i, I can i don't i honestly i don't listen to much music like because i work with so much music every day with other bands I would rather listen to a podcast or something to kind of cleanse my palate. I used to get a lot of flack for it. Like, what, what, why don't you ever listen to music while you drive? Or why don't you listen to much music at home? It's like, I felt a little overwhelmed for a few years with music. And so I, I'm just, you know, I'm happy with silence or a podcast or something. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, I, a, I know it's, a, I don't think you could get into. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar knobs that's the one yeah, i yeah. love those guys <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta start finding some more uh gear related podcasts and things like that because it's one of my favorite subjects and i started listening to um jim adkins from uh that jimmy world his new his new podcast pass through frequencies uh that was really cool because they nerd out quite a bit uh about songwriting and uh chris demakes from less than jake uh, he's got one where he kind of like tears apart songs with uh, the songwriter, you know, from a bunch of those bands from the late nineties, early two thousands and beyond like a lot of bands that I either toured with or like grew up listening to. So it, it, it's really cool. There's all these musicians and people who aren't really able to do their thing right now. So it's, it's nice to, <laughs> they're, they're making podcasts and kind of just being like, well, let's at least talk about, the good times <laughs> so it's uh it's nice to kind of remember what that was like so you've got the three pedals out the one drive the goon fuzz and the one fuzz yeah one one dirt drive one dirt fuzz i just one went drive. straight up yeah i just put the whole name but that's the thing one drive sounds cool and i wish i thought of that microsoft because it's like it, though. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, see, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, I totally that knew like, that. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> my, my marketing game was on point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so like in the Wonder Drive, it was just kind of like, I like the ring to it. And my studio is called Wonder Studios. That's how I got the name Wonder Effects. Okay. Now and how that, did you get the name for the studio? Uh, just from uh, that thing you do. Uh, that the band's called The Wonders. And, you know, when they started <laughs> off, they, okay. they when they started off, they were spelled o-n-e-d-e-r-s and everybody pronounced it the oneaters and <laughs> i i started calling my studio oneater studios and not enough people had seen the movie to get the joke or kind of get where it came from and it was this big question so finally i was just like okay yeah so should i just call it wonder then and they're like yeah yeah i think most people are going to call it wonder and I was like, okay, I'll just go with that. And it'll be kind of an inside joke that every once in a while I'll call it O'Neater and see if anybody notices. I, you know, I've seen that movie, but uh, yeah, it didn't, I didn't catch it. Oh, it is. That movie still holds up so well. Like almost better. 
it was one that we missed. We did a movie episode a little while back. Yeah. and uh, Oh, nice. It turns out, <laughs> first off, we, we, the episode went way too long already. Oh, man. <laughs> we did like 30 different movies, all oh. just band and or guitar related movies. Oh, and nice. somehow, even though we went way too long and covered way too many movies, we still missed a ton yep. of very critical films like that thing you do. Walk the line. And walk the line. Of probably most of oh, yeah. walk the line. That was yeah. the one I we, we walked out of it and somebody mentioned it and was like, crap, <laughs> how did we miss that one? No, even if you sat me down for an hour and you were like, rattle off as many music movies as you can. I mean, there's so many that you might not even think of. So I, I don't blame you for being able to, you know, not come up with all that. But yeah, yeah the, that and thing you do is just, uh, it's so funny too. We didn't like, do, oh, uh, uh, Green Room. That was another one we didn't do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like a horror I, still, movie. I still haven't seen that. I just saw it pop up the other day and I was like, oh, I've been meaning to watch this for a couple of years now. Man, it's, it's well done. I'm not a horror movie fan. Uh, that movie was well done. It is super depressing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know it has to do with Nazis, which is not really a good look, but you know, <laughs> it's one of those movies that if it were released right now, I'd be a little afraid of somebody being like, why are you attacking a group of people? Like, oh, right. Like remember when Wolf, the latest Wolfenstein game was released and, and there was a whole group of people like, you know, making fun of a it's like they've always. That's what Wolfenstein is. You shoot Nazis. Wolfenstein, yeah, that's that's what the game was. Like Nazis I had the original Wolfenstein. Guys, we. This is not a controversial statement. Like, yeah, know. and I kind of I kind of feel bad that I have to even say this, but for our listeners, uh, I am from the United States, and I am not a Nazi at all <laughs> i promise like i, I really have to let people know that Are we at that point where we have to get people to clarify like he's american now we're going to ask him if he's a nazi or not <laughs> well oh, I, no. I i have blonde hair and blue eyes i am uh six foot three i have a mustache sometimes oh well, there you yeah, are not, yeah clearly <laughs> clearly yeah, see it's not having this conversation and also like you know i Just wear a gear and like i drive a pickup truck and i live in a cornfield so i think i give people the vibe that they could come <laughs> to me and start talking bad about like minorities or something but like i am a straight up you know what i love about nick <laughs> he's clearly one and he, he He'd be comfortable talking about race riots. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, I, people look at me and I'm just like, I'm keeping so much inside because I don't know what they're going to do to me. Like, everybody here has guns, you know? Like, I, I'm a, I'm a, dude, for crying out loud, like, I'm a vegan of like 20 years. I'm a liberal snowflake. I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm like, everything that can get you shot, I am. <laughs> Which except oh, no. except well, listen, I am white, and that is all the armor that you need in this country. Well, you could do whatever you want, but you you got kids, so you're straight-ish. Those you know, yeah, that's yeah, generally yeah, popular yeah. in the 60, far right. You know, <laughs> yeah, sixty forty. Like I told you, I've had sex twice, <laughs> and that was with a girl. So, oh, <laughs> um, oh, no. but you know, it's it's twenty twenty. You know, with, uh, whatever. But yeah, that's that's kind of one thing too. It's kind of a funny thing. I don't know if many people are talking about because I'm so new to it. But starting a pedal company 
I'm not surrounded by my people as much. Uh, like my personal Instagram account, I know what kind of posts I'm going to see. I know what kind of comments I'm going to get, what kind of messages. They're generally people who are like-minded or they know what I'm about. So if I post something like, hey, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. I, I do think that Black Lives Matter. Okay, everybody? And then I know that people aren't going to jump down my throat and go, what? Like, I mean, stop for just a second and think about that. Like, I'm going to have to tell my three-year-old, hey, when you were little, um, daddy used to th say that uh, black people mattered. And then a lot of people got really mad about that. <laughs> a lot of people, including your family members, uh... they, they, they really didn't like the black people for some reason, buddy. <laughs> And like, and I'm going to like, I'm going to have to tell them that. And, and that's a real thing. Like, so when I start my pedal page, you get a lot of people who, you know, they didn't really come from punk rock. They might've come from their mom's basement or a swamp or wherever they came from. And I see some of the stuff that they, like, I'll follow people. You no, know, I'll follow other accounts just to be friendly. And the things that they post. Hashtag follow for follow. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. And th that is the worst thing I could have done. Like there's this one guy who's like, Hey man, like love the tube screamer clone. Hell yeah. Like I'm going to buy one from you. I'm like, cool. Thanks. And then, you know, we're messaging and then I follow him. And I see his next post and it's just like, Jesus was white and he hates the blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. And like oh masks aren't real. And it's just oh like, like it's anti like it's like COVID is a lie and uh, Jesus was the only white person in the Middle East. He was born in the United States, actually. Like, uh, and like literally every crazy conspiracy theory that you can make fun of is this guy who just bought a pedal from me. <laughs> you know, and then eventually <laughs> I'll notice, though, that they they eventually unfollow me, which is great. <laughs> like because <laughs> I'll I'll post some stuff and they're probably like, what? Like, we, liberal slow flight. We've like Casper and I kind of lean a little differently politically and stuff, and we we don't uh, make a big deal. We we rarely talk about the stuff on the podcast. Mm. Um, there's we see it as there's a few just moral issues that all of humanity should agree on, and generally we do. Mm. Um, oh, good, yeah. And and generally we try and keep politics and religion out of the show because everybody's got different things and we're just trying to be respectful. And, and as long as people are being, being respectful about their personal views and whatever, but yeah. I have noticed since starting the show and as the Instagram, cause Instagram is by far our primary social media mm -hmm. outlet. We do have a Facebook. It's, you know, pretty much just everything our Instagram posts, but um, Instagram is our most interactive account by far. And every once in a while I notice somebody will get into it on there or, send us a, um, it hasn't happened for quite a while, but send us a message for something we said. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I know which one that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our stance has just been to delete. Basically, we just yeah. delete it. Uh, we don't get into it. Um, but if somebody's going to be trying to stir something up or be negative, we just delete it. We don't have time for it. Yeah. That's, um, that's the best thing. Like, you almost have to tell yourself, like, my opinion and my rebuttal isn't needed here. Like that's yeah. like the one, and then you move on. The but show, like with me, it's like, like I'll talk about stuff that and like a lot, a lot of the stuff that I've just mentioned, like I don't even consider political. 
it's like basic, like you kind of said, like that moral ground of like everybody deserves respect and kindness. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's my belief, no matter what side of anything or really any kind of religion that you are. Uh, so it's like people might look at me as like some radical, you know, some radical hippie snowflake or whatever. But it's just like, hey, man, I just uh, I actually don't worry about it as much as you do. I just I just try to be a nice yeah, guy. No, and it's, <laughs> it's a little weird, this, especially in a post Trump presidency era. This has been a very taxing you know, year. Because, like, Casper leans oh my more goodness. on the right side of things. I lean a little more on the left side of things. We seem to somehow find a way to get along because I don't know how mature people can do that. Nickname game He's an idiot, all. but, you know, that makes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Cana- and, the Canadian right is probably a little bit on a different scale. Canadian than the- <laughs> right is, is a little more center moderate. Uh, yeah, which is a Ameri- pretty healthy place to in be. America is set so far right that your your center moderate is still like a pretty right leaning. <laughs> it's it's really weird. Oh yeah, and that's well, that's the, first, the thing with like, uh, <laughs> with with uh, with our country. Uh, and people say like, oh well, in America that wouldn't work, or this this is different in America. And I used to be like, hey, we're all people. It doesn't matter what country you're in. But now I'm starting to realize, like, America is different. It was built differently. Uh, the, the way we got our country was different. The way we generated generated wealth was different. Yeah, uh, you know, so knowing so your history our, is very important. And yeah, so our scale of left and right, um, you could be like, you could be a centrist in Canada, and it's like, well, I think this over here, but I think this over here, whatever. But if you're a centrist in the United States, a lot of times, a lot of minorities, a lot of people who need help are just going to be like swept under the rug because you're not far enough in the direction that would give them some help. So it's so, so it's so tough. Like, so when people are like, well, I'm voting for so-and-so and it's like, why are you voting for this person? And then you just have to think about, I guess, it's so hard to say because. I would recommend. Don't. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's going to get us all angry messages. I think think really fundamentally what it it comes down to is it's not hard to be a decent person. It's really, really hard. It's not hard to have compassion for one another. And like that, that whole, like treat others like you want to be treated is such, it's like, they tell you that when you're like just learning how to talk and it's, it rings true today. And if people could do that, you're going to be okay. If you're, if you're not doing that, if you're, if your default reaction is to, to act differently with someone because they are politically not aligned with you. Right. Maybe right. reconsider that. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, and, and, uh, man, um, sorry, we're getting on really long here. So we're going to have to like wrap it up. And I feel, I hate doing this. I always have to be. That oh yeah. Feel that free guy. to, feel free to chop guy, out whatever, know. man. Um, where, so before we take off though, like, you know, where can people best find you? Uh, I think Instagram is the one spot where I really exist. So wonder effects, all one word, uh, and then wondereffects.com. Wonder being spelled O N E. 
D-E-R. That's right. <laughs> you see, I, it's so it's like you know when you say your own name so many times, it stops making sense for a second. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I see it on my, At I see it on effects, my bu- wonder O N E D E R effects. Yeah, and I just got rid of my Facebook well. and yep, got a dot com. Got a CD-ROM, you know, got the Ooh. HTTPs. Yeah, I got all the... See, I don't know anything about computers, but yeah, I got I got rid of the Twitter. I got rid of the Facebook. Um, it's just easier to kind of stay focused without all the white noise. And, uh, and it's been so cool getting to talk to people, you know, in like different countries and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, like people just kind of re- reaching out to me who got a pedal and then also just being like, Hey, how's your family? Like, how's, how's the pandemic going? How's, uh, you know, how, how's everything in your town? And it, it's just, it's really cool. So this is like a new, it, it, this, the pedal venture got me out of my bubble oh, that's correct. in yeah, a really, I mean, in, in a really cool way. The gear community, the builder community, the music community, like they're, they're very intricately linked and they are generally speaking, they're so great. They're yep. so good. I, I, we love it. And that was like the whole goal of our, podcast is we wanted to bring all that closer uh, that was our yeah it's in our mission statement our um, mantra yeah <laughs> <laughs> like um, even some of like the top dogs will like take you under their wing and just kind of help you out give yeah. you some advice and i mean almost to a fault where like i almost felt like a couple of my pals in this business were like trying to get me to be part of some pyramid scheme with them like like why are you being so nice to me and helping me so much like it, it, as an american you know we generally uh, we, we like to keep our distance from nice people for some reason, but <laughs> like that's, uh, it, it's just so cool. Like everybody's been really welcoming of me and like, I, I fully consider myself a poser when it comes to this stuff. I just really like it. So I'm glad that people are uh, joining me with it. <laughs> I'm glad they are too, man. Well, Nick, dude, um, it, it went all over the place with, but I, I'm so glad we got to have you on brother. And, and chit chat with you and just get to know you, get to know your pedals, uh, get to know your your personal and political sides. And, and, <laughs> and we don't go there very often on the show, so that was kind of a that was a different thing for us. So. Yeah, what it what it all comes down to is I am a dad who lives in a cornfield, uh, who doesn't get to talk to other adults very often. So <laughs> I so I really appreciate well, you this. Just did it, you, and, <laughs> listen. You still haven't talked to any adults. Okay? No, You've yeah. just been on a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. You all play guitar, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Adult. We're also fellow guitar idiots. Yep. Yeah. This is our, uh, this is our day. Guitar idiots? Like... How do we... I don't know. You're making <laughs> yeah, stuff up. Now. I'm making stuff up. Yeah. I don't I like... say guitar idiots because that, that eh. sounds like a bad word mixed with it. It has too yeah. much of a hard R in the middle. Yeah. Right? That's, the, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Is I was like, I'm mixing two <laughs> fine terms, but it sounds like I'm mixing a third bad one in there. I'm not. <laughs> I play guitar. I don't work good. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, well, dude. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Oh man. It was, it was genuinely our, our pleasure and uh, definitely like what you're doing. Um, I especially, um, I'm a particularly fond uh, lover of the fact that you're wonder drive. Um, that you do it in like different label colors and stuff. I really thought that was cool. Um, oh yeah. I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide on a color. So I was like, I'll make all three, see which one's more popular. And they are a hundred percent 
tied for first. Every single one <laughs> like sells as much as the last one. And I'm like, oh, I hope I don't have to keep making all three, but I yeah, love them all too. No, so set it out there, man. It's done. <laughs> do yeah, little, that's uh doing little spurts, just like and pink ones and blue ones. And just, you yeah, know. if I don't burn down my house, I'm just gonna wood burn everything and uh, <laughs> it'll it'll well, be great. We we love what you're doing, man. I hope uh yeah, definitely hope I can try out some of your stuff someday and just hope it's uh, really an awesome and lucrative journey for you, man. Oh yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you some pedals in a little bit here. <laughs> as soon as I get some, uh, well, that was some me. stock. <laughs> that wasn't me fishing. That was just, I like what you're doing and I want to try it out. <laughs> oh no, this is, uh, this is so exciting for me. You okay. know, the fact that anybody even just wants, I almost, it's probably a bad business model. If someone's nice to me, I give them a pedal, but whatever. <laughs> well, like, I mean, you know, there's probably, there's probably certain, um, opportunities for you to, to give a pedal away and really like, you know, get a lot out, out of it. I don't know if our show is the one yet. <laughs> we, hey, you know, this means more hey, to me. We, than... we did have a comment on one of our Instagram posts by Zach Wild. That's true. Right. Uh, oh man, we've we've ta- I've, we've talked to some pretty pretty rock starry people here. So um, that is uh, that is true. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, no, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you for coming on, dear listeners. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.